why do people like anime? Welcome. Uh, today we have the Boston Ad, the Don Dada of dark music, the Pigeon Playboy, the Regent of Redbubble takedown notices. His dreams are drenched and stunted. The Guap Lord of Gloom. Call him Tom Haslam. The way he's never leaving money on the table. The Master of Mail Order. The Emotional Roller Coaster Tycoon. The DNA Lounge Deserter. The Bareback Barback. Stacking green, call it Grimace Smoking Weed. Counting blue faces like Luminol. The Last Label Man in San Francisco. Planning for burial in a grave filled with bread. He knows what it's like to have scabies, but he's ha still having a nice life. The owner of the Flenser, Jonathan Tuit. Welcome to the show. I spent I spent way more time on that intro than uh, watching Lane again. Wow. Let me, let me tell you that. That is the best intro I've ever gotten, and I, I will never do another podcast after this. <laughs> I am... Just, just that, that is that is it. That is it. Thank you for having me, John Hill. Thank you for for coming on the show again. Uh, throwing back some uh, liquid death in the. Uh... They need to sponsor us if we're going to talk about them. Yeah. So yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is why do people like anime? This is a podcast about anime by uh, typically two people who don't watch a lot of anime. That being myself and my wife Julie. Uh, she's not on this episode. She is back in New York City. Uh, I am currently in San Francisco with Mr. Flenzer. Uh, we're currently in his Toyota uh, on 37th Avenue in San Francisco on location. Uh, we're we're going to break into some houses after this. This feels like very... Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm seeing this woman look out, out her window at us sitting here in the dark. Yeah, this is like definitely the most suspect... So hopefully the cops come and it'll it'll make <laughs> this, we can this, interview this episode extremely interesting. We can ask them about um, serial experiments, Lane, and if they're <laughs> in fact part of the series themselves. What they think about the Knights of uh, Calculus. So to give a little context, uh, two years ago I gifted Jonathan the Blu-ray series uh, Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, it was a Herculean effort to get him to watch the show. It took only two years. It took only two years. Um, which, fair enough. It's uh, it's kind of an ass to like, be like, yo, watch this. Watch this entire series. Watch this entire series or, or you're dead. And not only that, it's the worst thing to ever give someone to, you know, have to ask them questions about. Yeah, it's because not. Because it's, 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 a, it's a series that is completely nonsensical. It is not, uh, yeah, true. So, uh, a little more context. Myself and Julie, we watched this in 2020, um, sort of near the beginning of the podcast. Uh, and it wound up being my favorite anime I saw that year uh, when we did our big ranking. Um, it, had, it had been a long time since I watched Serial Experiments Lane. Um, but I was, I was very jazzed on it, I think, after I watched it. I think I was... You know, in, in Bill and Ted, where uh, they're at the Circle K and they, they initially run into their future selves who are like, oh, you're going to have a great time. Say hi to the princesses for us. You remember that? I, I do. Yes. I feel like I feel like, you know, if you're like a lane watcher, like I'm in the I'm in the I'm telling you, say, enjoy the princesses. Like I'm the I'm the future you telling you that, you know, this is like a it's going to leave a lasting impression on you, I think. Lane is one of those things where it's like, I think you initially watch it and it's like, wow, that was fucking 
weird and stupid and <laughs> didn't make a lot of sense. And then you, you start sitting with it and it's like, wow, that was, you know, makes you think a bit. Um, so, and that's, that's kind of where I was, you know, I think our, our initial episode, I was, um, <clears throat> I was kind of struggling with the, uh, the narrative know, the narrative and kind of like the themes and the characters the, the kind of purpose of everything what the show is about that sort of thing um I, and you know i think it's i think it weirdly kind of changed how i watch media in some way i think that i think i i, I like to talk or at least think a lot about kind of like what the like what is like the end goal of watching something is it to understand is it to have like a cohesive narrative? Is it just to like kind of understand the plot A, B, C? Is it kind of the experiential value of the thing? You know, how does, you know, uh, a TV show kind of fit into like the overall medium of art where, you know, you're kind of open to a bunch of different interpretations, that sort of thing. All that said, uh, this is your first time watching Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, I thought kind of given you know, knowing you and our past conversations, those kinds of shit that you're into, the kinds of shit I'm into, that this might be an interesting thing for you to watch and something you might dig. So I'm curious, like, you know, what, what you're, uh, having watched this series in its entirety, what's your, uh, what's your initial kind of feeling? Yeah. So this is my first viewing of serial experiments lane. And, um, the entire time that I was watching it, I was thinking about what it would be like to see it in, 1998 or 1999 when yeah. it initially came out and um so which in some ways was probably the wrong way to go about it instead of just enjoying it as it is but i was you know very focused on its vision of the internet and it's sort of i sort of started to look at it like a horror movie about you know our our uh, the future internet world and um, and having kind of a lot of anxiety about uh, yeah. having other worlds be, be created by the internet at, that we can go into, and also to see how wrong it got things, while at the same time um, really just being a representation of that that late '90s uh, existential dread. Um, what was your first kind of experience having a computer and access to the internet? Um, I mean that that's a good question. So I had a computer and was access had access to Prodigy, which was like a kind of a wall garden service very early on, and it was it was like a predecessor to AOL. Okay. And there was some like games on it, and it was basically useless. But then um, in the '90s, early '90s, I was very big into AOL, into AOL chat rooms, into um, you know even. I didn't have a lot of, you know, at that time, you know, all we had was dial-up. And so we didn't have necessarily access to the whole internet always. Right. Um, yeah, that's a good point. It's like internet was very, uh, you kind of had to use it. Or it was like you didn't always have access to it. And, like, you know, if someone's on the phone, it's like you're kind of fucked. Yeah. And also AOL was its own, it, it was its own network. And um, it, it initially didn't have access to the greater web in it. It just had its own dumb shit. Um, yeah, so that was my, you know, my first ac- use of the internet. And very quickly, 
I, um, you know, I think it was in between seventh and eighth grade, I had a knee surgery and I was, I don't know, that was a little later. It was like the first year, of, first summer of high school. And I became very into the Nirvana chat room oh, man. on AOL. And there was a sort of community around that because I was stuck inside because my knee was all messed up. And um, so that was, yeah, I mean, that was, that was very much leading up to when Lane came out, I think, you know? Yeah. Mid-90s. Yeah, I feel like it's like, I think Lane was in the right. So you brought up something offline uh, over Facebook that I thought was interesting is that you know, I think I think there was something kind of in the water in terms of, you know, so you have Lane coming out in 98. You also have The Matrix coming out at the same time. Yeah, it came out in 99. So they're being made at the exact same time. Right. Which is funny, you know, that being our, our last. I don't know why I have you pegged as, like, internet cyberpunk man. Yeah. I is that, I mean, is that, like, is that, am, am I wrong in that assumption that, like, that's, like, kind of, like, an area that you're kind of into? Yeah, I was very into the cyberpunk literature for a little while. Because I, I know you, you got me... I think you were the first person to show me like Neuromancer. Yeah, Neuromancer and Snow Crash and yeah, um, Snow Crashes. A yeah. few others. Uh, you hear they're making a, a Neuromancer show. We'll see. Are they actually going through with that? Sounds like it. I mean, there's been talk of a movie since like it came out. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those like movies that have never gotten made. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if. if it's going to be hard to make that because you can't really make it look like like what the future will look like. You have to look, make it look like the past. Yeah, what it's like uh what what people assume the future would look like. Yeah, it's very much flying cars, you know, in the 50s or whatever. Yeah, Fallout. Um but yeah, no, so it's like I I I thought it was, you brought up an interesting point that this kind of came out the same, you know, same time frame as Matrix. I feel like both um both pieces of media it's like i think those things exist because there is at least kind of a familiarity and sort of like a a sort of um somewhat of a casual use of like the internet at that point at least or at least like if you were into it and granted like i was born in 92 so like my i have like a reference point for the internet because like i think my parents were, were were in like the chat room world um when i was like growing up which was kind of funny um, and so it's like, I think both those things are kind of as a, as a result of, you know, having those experiences online with other people in those like chat rooms and stuff. Um, but I feel like this one more than the matrix is maybe a little more, um, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard for me to like really even doing like the second, like watch through, like, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like. I don't know if it's like an op- I don't think it's like a cynical work or like a nihilistic work or like an optimistic work. Um, I think it, it offers like a lot of kind of ideas and questions as to like what our future is as uh, it relates to the Internet. And I think maybe specifically how it can be used for, you know, maybe evil or sort of dark purposes and stuff like that but i don't i don't know if i would necessarily call it like um nihilistic or anything like that you know maybe it's more of like a cautionary tale yeah of of how how the internet could be could unfold right i think and it's like like thinking back on the matrix i feel like that's almost like 
you know, at least like taking like the first one, it's like it it shows like the machine, you know, idea as like an oncoming threat, but ultimately, like human has hum humankind has like a chance of like perseverance, whereas like, you know, it seems like the internet's kind of an inevitability and lane to some degree. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it it, it is a vision of what somebody thought that the internet would look like. And I, I mean, I think it, w it was interesting how with Lane, everything is all the different um, communication media is, is sort of like interconnected. Yeah. And um, also there is this 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 leap that it takes where I think the idea was that we become so connected that it would just go beyond the Internet and would just have to do with the vibrations of the Earth or whatever the conspiracy that it's sort of giving in in one of the the kind of later episodes about, yeah that, about the the uh the magnetic field of the earth yeah we're, we're you started to talk about that earlier today um that's i feel like that's like probably my favorite episode in the series just because of like um that one in the episode about like the the kind of fanatic guy who's like walking around with like the headset where he's kind of having like the psychedelic trip where he's sort of experiencing both like the wired i.e like the internet and then also living reality but then like yeah there's this this further episode in the series where like um he uh it, it's like it's almost like a history channel like special or something like that where it's like it's it, like a newsreel yeah. yeah it's it's um i think it's was it episode eight or nine yeah i think episode nine and it's like the psychedelic uh it gives like kind of information on on sort of you know like alien information and then you know in the episode it kind of intersects with like lane sort of seeing an alien although i feel like that's kind of like a metaphor for like her body and kind of her perception of self at that point in the show um and then also it like it intersects with like the narrative of the uh of of the of the show where the character like miyaki who or i think that's his name who is the uh um it's kind of i guess like if the show has an antagonist it's him who kind of purports to be like the creator of lane um he's like this researcher guy who kind of stumbled upon like this ability to kind of affect memory with like the internet um so it gives kind of like a real history of you know kind of alien i guess activity on earth and then also sort of like the psychedelic kind of origins of like the internet as it relates to like hypertext being like a portal into other worlds which is really like kind of strange to think about like kind of like the uh i don't know like the really kind of like basic features of of internet at this point i.e like text linking to another page or something like that being viewed as like a very psychedelic experience in some way yeah that's interesting i mean i what i thought was i was drawn more to was the conspiracy aspect of that and how that was similar to the matrix and yeah you know also similar to where we are today with uh you know all the different QAnon type stuff and and things like that also being so so associated with the internet how that there's always this idea that there is this other layer that can be found with this interconnectedness yeah it's kind of um i don't know i i feel like cyberpunk media taken in the context of you know kind of like today it's it's like uh i don't know if anyone would ever anticipate like how like kind of mundane the insanity would be 
you know, where it's not like, I mean, maybe there are, I mean, I'm sure there are. We're all watching YouTube videos on our phone while we walk down the street or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that aspect of it, you know, like your, your weird uncle sharing like racist memes, you know what I mean? And like, you know, there could, which could very well have originated via uh, a foreign government or something like that. But it becomes so like, and even that idea is like, oh well, yeah, who cares, bro? Like that's normal. We know, yeah, like we know that's happening. And it's like that's like a normal thing, whereas like it's like a, it's like a dystopic vision of the future in something like Lane. Um. So what I guess like my question for you to kind of you know kick things off, uh, who what is Lane? Do you think after watching this? Good question. I mean, I I, I watched a uh, a video where they kind of talked about Lane as this, uh, you know, having this com- compartmentalized personalities, and I don't I don't know if if who Lane is is ever actually answered. Um, I mean, I don't think it is. It, there's different ways to interpret it, and it's it's very clearly clear to me that Lane is these different facets of of a personality and this kind of way of having a uh, character that's very compartmentalized. Um, so, I mean, I think that's what Lane, Lane is both the, the internet version of this person and the, um, or the, the wired version and as well as this, the everyday version. And they're very much compartmentalized, but also linked. Yeah. It's well, a- I mean, what would you say Lane is? Well, who it lane is i think it's it's like she has like this kind of evolving identity where I, I feel like at the beginning of the show it's like she's just like this like girl at school who kind of gets bullied or whatever um and there are like these weird kind of clues that you know she can take like a more kind of assertive personality and it, it, like they keep saying like lane is like really kind of wild at like this club that they go to um also just as a side note i really uh Having now watched a lot of anime, I feel like this one was like weirdly kind of ahead of its time and, and sort of an anomaly and, and kind of um, there's not a lot of anime about like like drugs and like hooking up or like going to the club. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's like this weird kind of I, I was doing a little bit of digging and um, I guess like the, the, the guy who did all of like the art and like the design for it, he got to start as like a graffiti artist. And I know that um, Chiaki J. Kanaka, who did, like, all the writing and stuff, like, is, like, an actual weirdo. So it's, like, this kind of, like... What, what do you mean by an actual weirdo? I mean, like, now he's, like, he... he uh, an actual weirdo as opposed to a non- As opposed to, like, a poser weirdo. So, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, uh, last I heard, he, uh, he did this, like... Um, so he did, like, a season of Digimon... And, like, I think, like, a couple years ago, he wrote, like, this really long, like, screed using the Digimon characters as, like, an anti, like, cancel culture kind of narrative, which is kind of a bummer that, you know, I feel like this is, like, a really creative piece of work. And I feel like um, he there's this other show we watched this year called Technolize, which the two principal creatives were also involved in that was also really um, strange in that. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a bummer when, like, all, you know, your favorite, like thinkers or whatever or like out there people kind of get tied to really boring uh cancel culture shit but anyway um 
all that aside, you know, I, I found it was, you know, in the second rewatch, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is about, like, a, a world that is kind of largely unexplored in anime. Um, and who, who do you feel like the intended audience was for this? Uh, that's a, that's a good question. Was it for, for adults? For, I would, I would say probably adults. I mean, I remember, I feel like there's like a brief time when like G4 and tech TV were like merged and they would show anime and maybe I like caught like an episode then, you know what I mean? So like, not like a Cartoon Network show, like maybe a little too heady for like Adult Swim. But I, I would I would say probably uh, probably someone who's who has at least taken a couple college level philosophy courses. Yeah, absolutely. Someone I mean, who's someone who's at least like a, a little bit interested in like. I mean, th- there was nothing this dark on TV in the U.S. then. Yeah. And and I mean, what or probably what this would have come over in like two thousand or something. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe I, there was, but yeah, it would it would have been pretty pretty edgy. There are a couple other anime that I feel like are kind of in the same family of um, sort of strange kind of futuristic cyberpunk tales. Um, but largely, like, I feel like Lane is kind of its own its own deal. Like, I don't know, even like the other, even like Technolize, I don't think is like totally, totally comes close to it. There's a couple other things I like that kind of take like, like watch this anime, um, called ergo proxy in which like it's like this like weird living city where like there there are like these like ai computers that just like spout like like derrida philosophy in relation to like inquiries and stuff like that and just like kind of you know there are points where like there's just like these like different philosopher ais just kind of like arguing about like whether or not humanity deserves like continue and stuff like that um but it's interesting because like I feel like anime is um like you know like TV shows obviously like I think in America are, are interested on some level of like you know philosophic ideas and stuff like that but like not to the I, I feel like anime is like one of the only um mediums where it's like okay to get kind of like fucking crazy and just like kind of like you know openly wondering about kind of big ideas in this way um it's a lot easier to do that than to make an anime than make a make the Matrix, right? Yeah, I mean, and and with the Matrix, it's like you you do that, but you also have to, you know, you can only get away with it because you you push the on envelope on the action, the action, and like the tech technological ability in in film. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's like you know, Lane is his character. I think you know eventually. It's like the the kind of scope of the show I feel like expands episode by episode to like what Lane is where it's like in the beginning it's like you're you're kind of given like this pinhole of like who she is in this context and then like as her sort of connection to the wired grows I feel like her representation in the show kind of expands also so she becomes you know kind of an avatar for like the internet an avatar for like the internet as self and then eventually becomes like avatar of human communication in some way um and eventually maybe god but not like god and in, in like omnipresent but like god and sort of all-powerful force in some way yeah that i mean that's that sounds right that the i guess the big question is was she that all along right 
you know, is is this the 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 schoolgirl version of Lane just a creation of the 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 eventual kind of omnipotent version of her? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely it's interesting because like I think like the the few like the few kind of narrative, I guess, <laughs> elements in the show. It's like, you know. I think there are some clues where like Lane is this uh this this project I mean it's like serial experiments Lane so it's like you know there's clearly some kind of experiment happening on consciousness and kind of like human idea and stuff where you have uh this this computer corporation kind of keeping an eye on her and you know it's set up where it's like she you, you think she has these parents but they're kind of revealed to be like actors or like employees of this company who are kind of like looking after her and you have like i love the mother yeah the mother was i mean the mother was so depressed it was it was incredible i at first i just thought it was really bad voice acting right yeah <laughs> and then i realized that no this is actually she's just she is supposed to be this disinterested yeah no it's like it, it truly uh yeah truly just kind of no mothering instinct whatsoever like no um it's like it's like right after Lane witnesses like her like this this guy in this club kill himself. She's like, "Why are you waking up so late?" You know, just like zero empathy or relation or whatever. Um, and it's like it's interesting, like kind of taking the context of like mothering and parenthood, and like this the context of like her kind of coming into herself as like a, an adult in some way, and also in the context of like you know, connecting all of these uh, different wires of the wire together and becoming, like, God or whatever. So it's, it's like, like having, like, this broken family unit that doesn't exist and then kind of finding that family online in some way. Um, but, yeah, the mother's amazing. The sister, I, I think, like, this watch, too, I, I also felt very bad for, like, the sister character. I mean, I was wondering if the sister was even separate from lane really by the, right by the end of it or if she was just another like facet of lane and i i, I don't know i, I <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't either i mean you know given that it's like this this kind of like made-up family i i still don't have like a total read on like like what the sister is if, if she was you know what she represents in all of this but you know i feel like she's kind of going through a, a micro um a fucking episode where it's like the sister's like having like these like paranoid kind of feelings of like seeing herself out in the world and then like the episode ends with her seeing herself in her home and then like Lane kind of being like, What's what's wrong with you? And then the episode ends with like Lane seeing like this weird like rainbow version of the sister that's like frozen. I think that's the same episode where their voices reverse yeah where where the sister's voice becomes lane's voice and vice right. versa so that i mean which seemed kind of like a clue like maybe they're the same person yeah and, and that the whole like the the family unit was a creation of the the uh the greater more on omnipotent lane and that it was this like kind of memory erased creature that is uh getting red pilled at some point here <laughs> yeah um totally um that's no, a good that's a good that's a good point um there's like a couple of like i feel like the one-off episodes in the beginning are also kind of funny like the episode about like the video game 
where like uh kids are like getting killed in it and then it turns out that like it's just like this like it's like the shadow organization like fucking with people yeah i mean that that was a weird one and i i don't i expected that that's where the whole thing was going right and it just seemed to kind of drop off there it's like it's like a one-off where it's like oh like or yeah i don't know i mean there was i watching it it really felt like the writer had a uh i'm sorry i don't know the writer's name but they had a uh grander vision of with more episodes yeah like there was because there's some like certain things that are um a little underdeveloped like the the knights of calculus like it felt like that was going somewhere more and um i i don't know i mean yeah and then but, it's like oh everyone gets killed and then yeah and then this guy is now like you know creating himself out of lanes or something like that <laughs> yeah it's like um i feel like the show both feels really short like like it uh it, it needed more episodes but then also because of that there's a lot of episodes that don't necessarily add to like the the major narrative by design maybe because it's like i feel like the the show is i don't know like i i it feels like inten- like it feels intentional the way everything is very hard to understand i guess yeah you know like it, it feels like a very lynchian in some way as a one might say it does i mean there's a lot of visual elements that may or may not have any symbolic meaning (laughs) throughout the whole thing um totally which is very much you know the experience of watching david lynch where you're like does this actually mean anything or is this just cool (laughs) yeah yeah or does it just him just throwing out uh breadcrumbs to nothing you know dream logic yeah is it is it nothing? Yeah. There's this quote he gave about his writing process where, where it's like, it, it feels like he's in another room describing a dream to somebody where it's like the movie becomes this kind of, there's like a layer of not understanding that comes with just like the distance of not being able to hear someone clearly that I feel like is, is really. Well, that's funny because of the, the character in, um, I guess we have to do an episode on Twin Peaks, but. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been on, like a, a on, on the on the return is that he's deaf like yeah yeah i guess he's he's deaf in the original too right he yeah. he can barely uh understand what what you're saying and speaks so loudly he's like you're like what are you saying yeah <laughs> you yeah the, the david lynch cop yeah 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 that's no it's a really good point where it's like he's actually playing like the person who can't fully understand um yeah, so I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what Lang was about in the end. I, I, I think the whole thing is anxiety, really, about, um, about the this feeling that the world is about to be more connected and it could go all these bad ways, and at the same time, not really knowing what that is going to look like. Um, and I, 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 I think it's really an interesting time capsule, and I think. You know, like I said, I was having trouble not not just looking up like what like just watching it as something that was made today. Um, Oh, yeah. Which I think it it could easily be enjoyed that way. And as long as you can kind of get away, get around some of the anachronisms with the, you know, the the ridiculous desktop computers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I wish like my computer was just like this all encompassing 
metaphor for my uh yeah my sink into depression basically yeah instead it's a tiny phone i mean it, it, it all like it's your icloud account i don't know if you <laughs> felt this way but i also feel like uh also felt weirdly similar to like scanner darkly oh yeah yeah that's a that's a good one um i mean that's that's a much older story that has to do with this uh big brother well surveillance yeah. and I mean, I think that that is a similar anxiety about the world becoming more connected and also paranoia and being potentially actually bugged by the police because you're a drug dealer as well as a writer or whatever it is that... Where you end up, like, surveilling yourself and not being aware of it. Was I into that? No, I mean, like, I'm just talking about, like, you know, Scanner Darkly where it's, like, this, this, like, becoming so far entrenched in, like, the surveillance machine that, like... Yeah, that you be, you become a fragmented person that you're watching your yeah. I mean that's that's quite quite interesting and and very uh, also just kind of an anxiety about media and in general and just what we're all doing on Facebook, brother. We're all surveilling ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to surveil yourself from like five years ago and look at what you were talking about and being like, what the hell was I talking about? I was I need to. Go back and delete that. I love uh, I, I love Facebook statuses from like 2008, where yeah, it's like John Hill is yeah. thinking about getting a soda. Yeah, I'm like I'm thinking about Play-Doh. Yeah, and I'm thinking about how much I hate this class. <laughs> and, yeah, where it's yeah, yeah that 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 era of Facebook uh, was pretty silly. Um, so what is your, what is your fucking problem with the, uh, the theme of the song? The, the music? Yeah. Oh, I just, this just sounds like such an anime song. How much, how much money would, would it cost to get, uh, Midwife to cover the Serial Experiments Lane theme song? Not much. She she would do it? I mean, probably, yeah. You ask her. Do you think, do you think she would like the show? I don't know. (coughs) I I don't know if she, she likes anime. Who who is the biggest anime head on the label? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, there's someone that hasn't been announced yet that I think is probably the biggest anime head on the label. But I, I, I'm going to guess that there's somebody in chat pile that's really into anime, though I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I, I I just have a feeling of that. Um, I I bet members of Street Sex have watched a little bit of anime. You know, you know who's really into anime is like health. They kept talking to me about that when they were on tour with. Uh, uh, they don't. They don't hide it. They're also kind of. Uh, they're a part of the machine in some way because they're. Uh, they're just a reflection. Yeah. They're like they're in the. Uh, borrow your phone for a second. Didn't mean to. Yeah. They're they're in the uh, the video game machine of, uh, you know, Rockstar Games and shit. Yeah, they're they're cyberpunks. They are. It, it's like. They're in the they're in the cyberpunk anime. So the other day I put cyberpunk in my PS5 and I I spent about an hour building a character, and then I'm like, all right, I'm done playing this, and I saved and I went away and I came back and I didn't actually save. Oh fuck! <laughs> so I'm never gonna play that game. <laughs> the character creator is kind of like, I don't know. It's like clearly that was like a big part of like their development. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of doesn't. You don't really see yourself in the game all that much unless you're, like, on a motorcycle. No, I mean, most games are like that. Uh, Skyrim is like, like, let's spend an hour, develop, you know, changing your face, and then your face, you've never 
see once except in like photo mode or whatever. Yeah, you you look at your or the back of your head, the back of your head, or like you you pop, you like stop moving and you just like kind of rotate the camera so you can check yourself out, stuff like that. Um, do you think Lane is a metaphor for depression? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I I I didn't really think of that of it that way. I mean, I think that the compartmentalization is something that happens with depression and what happens with like people that are very online where they have this completely separate online person that may not be depressed that's, you know, posting on Twitter or posting memes or whatever it does a VR, VR chat or Discord. you know, has a whole life there and then when they go and they have to go buy, you know, milk at the store they're like wearing dirty clothes and are depressed and sad and um i mean it it felt very much like that you know where um yeah i don't know so so that's how i thought of that um do you think it's a, a metaphor for depression you know it's like i think um there's a lot of stuff in in lane i feel like that that like mirrors like you know kind of depressive um shit right where it's like you know she she buys all this like computer equipment um she basically like uh you know when her friends when her friend like goes by to like see like what what she's doing you know she like the house is in like this like horrible state and like she's like basically like emaciated and you know in some context of the show it's like she is you know this god or she is like the supreme being but then in you know the physical like the meat space you know, she's, like, totally emaciated and, like, kind of... Not wasting. taking care of herself. Yeah, like, not taking care of herself and, like, kind of wasting away, you know, and I feel... It's, like... And then... She's playing too much World of Warcraft. Playing t- way too much World of Warcraft. Um, and then, you know, like, the end of the show, um, basically, like, the way that, you know... And I, I think there's maybe a, a more positive reading, too, that you can take on it, but, like, ultimately, like, her solution to, like helping the, the people she loves and like the people that um she cares about and, like the world at large is like suicide you know where it's like she's like erasing herself from the memories of everybody and kind of like and just becomes nobody yeah yeah i mean i guess it's kind of it's sort of positive because she's unplugging right and she's she's embracing the kind of modernity of life right yeah she's she's embracing um the kind of winds of change and like the winds of reality and stuff like that as opposed to you know being like this like robot or whatever and yeah you know and she becomes like reborn in some way where she's like you know she's also um you know she runs into the friend and you know even though the friend is like an adult at this point she's still like this teen girl you know, they, they have a brief interaction and stuff like that. But, you know, I think when I first watched this, I was in a pretty, like, fucked up state. And I think that was, like, kind of the thing I glommed onto it was, like, yeah, this is, like, this is about depression or whatever. But I think in, in rewatching it, um, I, I, I didn't get as negative a, a message from it in that way. You know what I mean? I think you definitely can. And I think it, it definitely makes sense why there's that contingent of people who like this show. You know, like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of have a nice life heads. Yeah, I've definitely seen the lame memes. Yeah, lame have a nice life memes. Um. Yeah, like it, it seems like there's like it, it's weirdly like I don't know this. This is like very 
has like a very similar kind of story to death consciousness in some way where it's like this kind of forgotten piece of media that gets like rediscovered by the internet and is like this like big kind of um i don't know like this this kind of narrative that seems very kind of tied to like that emotion in some way like this was not a hit whatsoever um there i couldn't imagine it being a hit yeah like, <laughs> like there's there's like it's too confusing for most people to actually spend the time with it right yeah it's so it's like super confusing and you know like it's not like a mer- like a lot of modern anime feels like it's made to sell merch like it's made to sell figures or whatever and there's like no like real um i mean there's merch for the show but it's almost like uh, it it kind of doesn't make sense for it you know what i mean like it's like the show is just so like fucking what's the merch like it's like there's like these like weird dolls of lane so like her in like the teddy bear outfit or like her in like the um just like a dj outfit that's weird. They're kind of funny. Like they're they're so like uh, anachronistic to like the whole show. It's just like they're they're just so, you know, it's it's like very weird. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like this this kind of uh, this major work of of emotion that I feel like, you know, by nature of whatever the power of the message is, I think it it, it ultimately catches on with people, much like the works of uh, Tim McCuga and Dan Barrett. <laughs> and, and it's continuously rediscovered by the next generation of de- depressed uh yeah 19 year olds yeah 100 yeah. percent. you know it's like you know for for death consciousness it was you know message boards and now it's tiktok and you know i think it, i think the same thing for lane it's like you know it started as you know probably anime boards to like gaia to like you know there's a lot of weird tiktoks about lane there's youtube videos it's like I don't know. It's 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 funny how media in recent memory kind of continues getting passed down to like every new micro generation that way. Um, in ways that like I don't think you can really expect. Like, it's very strange. Yeah, I mean the the have a nice life thing is something that none of us envisioned. We thought that it would just kind of mature and right, and, and the audience would grow older. But instead, it just has a kind of constant rebirth. Um, you know, just like other bands, you know, there's always been bands like that. Um, and that's that's my point of reference. There's always been, you know, what the Violent Femmes is like yeah. a good band like that that people discover in college or, um, you know, I don't know. Sonic Bella Youth. And Sub- yeah, Sonic Youth, Bell and Sebastian or, uh, you know, th- there's, there's a number of them. It's funny because it's like all those bands, it's like those are – I feel like they're still kind of like in that mode of like, you know, like record store bands or something. It's like you find that by being like into art or like being that's true. Being an adult, where it's but like, now there's bands like Have a Nice Life and Duster, where they're like, you know, Duster was never a big band, but it's like now they're huge. Yeah, um, because of this this sort of internet, um, this kind of sad internet audience they've created. Right, whereas, like, I feel like you're, you know, 50 years from now, there's going to be a kid on TV with a Sonic Youth shirt. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if there's going to be a kid with a Death Consciousness shirt. Maybe. Maybe it will morph into that, but it's, like, it's kind of... to see. It's kind of its own thing where it's, like, you know, you go on TikTok and it's, like, you know, for whether it's, like... I've seen, like, like very normal people with using, like, the the lane theme as, like, the, the background in, like, the TikTok... 
same with like you know the eternal worm great connecticut where it's like you know some fucking normie soundtracking like some sad story about like their brother or something like that you know where it's like the so- the music is like intersecting with like worlds that you wouldn't expect it to um you typically expect like you have to be like a, a weirdo or whatever but well there's a lot of mood that is in this music yeah and i i mean i don't know if there's a lot of mood in the theme song to lane but there's associated oh, there is. <laughs> okay oh, there, there is. is um yeah i mean th- there there is this kind of cloud of association there of this this uh um shared uh depression speak almost <laughs> yeah no i i forget the the full story of uh the band who does the theme um but wasn't it just some indie rock band from the 90s it was it was an indie rock band from the 90s that got signed to like i think universal or something so it was they like probably this, never did anything else right never or... did anything else um i think this was just like in the maybe in like the archives and then like it got used in the anime and like this is like their big their big thing like I'm getting, sure they're probably, you know, getting royalties for that. Hope uh, well, maybe not if they're on a major label. <laughs> hard to say, yeah. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's like I was looking through like their Spotify, and it's like someone uploaded like a techno remix, and like that's like the newest thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um. So do you find your like? I'm curious, like if does you know? I I know that you've kind of been exploring anime like a little bit. Like, what's your do you feel like your perception has like changed on it? Do you feel like it's like reaffirmed? Like, what's your, what's your kind of read on, on like anime as like a, a medium? I think it's like anything else uh, creative where there is really really good stuff and then most of it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, um, and I, I definitely need to see some more of the the good stuff. So what, what else have you have you seen recently? I don't think I've seen anything else recently. This is the most recent. I mean, we went. I went and watched Perfect a Perfect Blue recently in the theater, and that was you know that changed your that that, that blew your mind. Um yeah, I mean it was really good. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean I was when I was more into anime. <coughs> actually, I was into anime basically when when Lane came out, and um and by into anime I rented just every. Everything that they would have, which was like seven, yeah, yeah, <laughs> seven no, movies. It was like a Curia and like Graveyard of Bubble the Fireflies, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. And um, so um, you have to give me a new a new Blu-ray. I John. will. Um, I think you should watch Avon Galleon next. Yeah, that's probably the one on the list, considering all the memes that I've endured over the years. <laughs> it's it's time that I understand. <laughs> It's a. I feel like that's like it didn't. Uh, it lived up to the memes, which it, is rare. Yeah. Like it's. It's like I feel like that's. So like, you have to. You have to watch the TV show and then the movie. Is that how it works? Yeah. So there's a TV show. There's uh, a movie, End of Evangelion, and then there are four, kind of retelling, sort of reboot movies that are also. Um, and isn't it all the same story over and over again? No. No, it's not. Okay. So it starts that way with the movies, but then it kind of becomes its own thing. Gotcha. Um, and it's if it's, it's not Evil Dead. No. <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, Evil Dead would be a, a good anime. The other thing I th- I think you touched on this a little bit in the beginning, is that like this is like one of the only like genuinely 
like scary animated things I I think I've seen. Well, there's a sense of dread in it. Like there's nothing. I was never. The faces were like fucked. Like, yeah, yeah. There's some some kind of nightmarish stuff in it. Like like Lane's eyes are are so like big and just kind of like. I don't know. There's something about just like the way the the show looks overall that's just like very kind of like off-putting and uncomfortable. Well, I mean, like I said, the way I've been looking at this mo- this show is as sort of a horror movie. Yeah. Like as a similar thing where horror movies of the the time have like anxiety about the world. Y- yeah, sure. You know, if, um, <laughs> uh, and it, it sort of it sort of does the same thing where there's this this reckoning with uh um the present really and and what that's going to bring yeah um why do people like serial experiments lane i think people like serial experiments lane because they don't understand it and they feel like liking it will make them look good at parties has that ever worked no. Has has telling someone that you like death consciousness ever gotten anybody laid? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Has has anyone has anyone met through a Flenser band, shared fandom of a Flenser band, and started a relationship which ended up with a child? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, definitely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. It's good that uh I don't know, it's it's funny. It's like I, I feel like um I don't know, man. We all find we, now we gotta interview the child. We do. We gotta find find a find a kid and talk to them. You were you were conceived because of Earth Mover. Yeah, that that was that 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 ending part of Earth Mover, that was you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I feel like there's always gonna be uh it's hard not to, you know, I think as I got, as I get older, I think my relationship with like, you know, media I relate to gets a little different. I think as like a, a young person, it's like, it's one of the only ways that like you can kind of feel seen or in some way, you know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, that comes in the form of like TV shows, like anime, music. I feel like a lot of anime, anime's appeal is, you know, I, I feel like the, the the thing that a kid would get out of like a death consciousness or like uh below the house or like a luminol or something you know they would get out of watching anime you know like this feeling of like watching the right anime yeah. i mean there's a lot of there's like you said a lot of stuff that's basically just to sell the toys or to, to right but it's like you watch like an Evangelion or like you know um I don't know there's 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 a lot of other other stuff that's like has like this kind of deeply emotional tie to it you know it's like kind of becomes your life in some way i think if it if it really gets you the right way yeah well thanks for thanks for do you, do you feel like this appearance was better than your last one i don't know for some for some we're, we're gonna we're gonna deconstruct your uh that's y- not for me to decide well come on man you gotta you gotta be Got to be your harshest I mean, the last one I... Last one was awkward because we had two mics and three people. Well, we I killed didn't... the third. We this killed time the third, yeah. With a, with just... a horrible stomach bug. Yeah, well, take that. I think... Hey, look, a raccoon. Whoa. 
Man, my oh, there's two. Yeah, there's two raccoons. Holy shit! They're they're raccoons in the dark. They're the, these kind of uh, dark figures moving through grass here. They're about uh, forty feet away from us, and they're moving slowly, checking out this tree. I think they're sniffing around. Um, it feels like a metaphor. That's a metaphor know? for something. You and you and me. Yeah, crawling around in the dark, yeah. trying to survive, trying to find food. Yeah, it's too cold and wet though. Yeah. Fuck. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for watching Serial Experiments Lane. Appreciate you uh, jacking into the wired with me. Thank you for that intro. Yeah, you got it. You got to put that in your LinkedIn. <laughs> all right. All those superlatives. Um, thank you for listening to all of you out there. Um, if you were interested in, I don't know. Having the show continue, uh, your your five star ratings on Spotify and iTunes would be greatly appreciated. Um, follow us on Instagram at Why Do People Like Anime. Uh, you can email us Why Do People Like Anime at gmail dot com. And yeah, do you have a Patreon? Not yet. Well, well, when when they have a Patreon, you asked me this last time, and you were like, "This is the time to get the Patreon." Yeah, we, this is like, come totally on, failed. man, make some money here. We 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 have shirts uh, that we need to relaunch our. Can you can you do our mail order for our? Yeah, I'll do your mail order. Sure. All right, all right, we're making making big deals. This is the uh, this is the real reason I I wanted to do an episode with you so I can publicly on air uh, get a commitment to sure the white people like anime mail order business. All right. Uh, well, that does it for this. Um, next week, more anime. See you later. Bye.